Petersfield's Shine Radio. Growing together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos on Petersfield's Shine Radio. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us in Growing Together, the gardening podcast from Petersfield's Shine Radio. I'm Claire Venice, and I'm sat here with Steve Amos. Hi, Steve. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Outside the shed again. It's lovely. The birds are still singing. I know, and I've got a T-shirt on. still warm. I know, it's all right, isn't it? It's lovely. It has been gorgeous. It's been glorious. Yeah. There's no other way to describe it, hasn't it? That early spring sunshine. I think the colours... You know, the, the light green, the, the new leaves coming out. It's my favourite colour in the whole world. It's something I look for, sort of starting in February. I know that's too early, but I just look at the top of the trees. Well, all of a sudden, <laughs> as you're green. driving along the road as well, isn't it? The, the hedgerows just start a tinge of green, don't they? It's like nothing else in the world, I love it. No, that colour is gorgeous, and it's a real sign of things to come. It makes me feel happy. <laughs> feel happy. Exactly. I think I, when I wrote in the paper the other day, I said about the sunshine, everybody seems much happier. They want to say hello. You want to stop and chat, whereas in the middle of the winter when it's grey and horrible and miserable, everyone's just got their heads down and just getting on with their own business, aren't they? But people just seem to have more time, which isn't good on the allotment, because I spend more time just chatting than I do doing anything else. <laughs> it's exactly. a social thing, isn't it? Exactly. It's the time to get busy on the allotment, and I can see, you know, things are growing, the green colour is popping. It started. It's coming into bloom, it's isn't it? It's definitely started. I mean, the greenhouse is full. I don't know about your greenhouse. It's, yeah, it's fit to bursting. I need more space. Yeah. Every year I say that. I know. Well, I've, I've got this other greenhouse here. So I've got a little heater in the greenhouse at the house just to keep the frost off. But I think some stuff now is going to come up here, make more space because both propagators are now full and done <laughs> as well. So I need to transfer those to the warmer greenhouse. So it's just a big cycle, isn't it, of starting to move things around. But I made space in the greenhouse last weekend. I got the shallots in. So the shallots are in the ground now, which is good. So that's basically that greenhouse empty. So that's all ready to go. I do need a pane of glass. Storm Eunice took one pane of glass out of my greenhouse, which uh, I've not replaced yet. That's annoying. But I need to get around to that. Well, it sounds like you're organised. Yeah. <laughs> ish. Yeah. Organised-ish chaos, I think, is the best way to describe it. There is a bit of that panic, isn't there? I feel it. That I've got loads of seed packets and some I've sown. Some I haven't quite yet because it's a bit too early, but April really is the month where you need to get things. Oh, if you haven't done it by the end of this month, you may as well not bother. It's, and everything does catch up with itself, doesn't it? But I think, yeah, March, late March, I'd, all my flowers are done. Cucumbers, tomatoes, aubergines, peppers, chilies, they're all done. Flowers are all done. So it's just more, the more tender veg now to go in and that's it for me. So beans, runner beans, French beans, courgettes, squash, pumpkins. That's, that's all I've got left to do, I think, to sow. Same here. Sunflowers. I haven't put my sunflowers in yet, either. Uh, I, didn't, I did mine. Did the, you? They were up within about three days. Yeah, my, that's my concern. In my, my turbo-powered propagator. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a bit quick. But, what variety? What variety have you sown? Oh, I've just gone for a mixed... I've, done, I've not gone for the massive ones this year. I think they just take up a lot of space. But I do like a sunflower. I'm a member of the LIS Horticultural Society. And an email came out the other day, actually, which I thought was really lovely, because um, sunflowers in Ukraine are very close to the aren't they? Yes, they are. And the Liss Horticultural Society has asked everybody to grow some sunflowers that they can sell at their plant sale in May. Just, for, just purely, not for the society, but just to raise funds for Ukraine, which I thought was a lovely idea. That's a really lovely yeah. idea. I've not grown any yellow ones, so I need to go and buy some yellow oh, no. sunflower <laughs> seeds. So I've just gone for a mixed bag of sort of, uh, probably metre, metre and a half high, 
all different colours. They look really nice. I think the Sunburst mix or something like that they're called. But um, I need to go and get some proper yellow ones and get those sown. But actually, you're right. I think that sort of metre-high sunflower is really gorgeous because it's just below eye level, but you can see, you know, them for miles it is, around. It, it is lovely. And I think the problem is with the massive ones. I mean, we grow some last year, the girls and I, and they were, they were huge. They were absolutely enormous. And I had to take a saw to the stems to cut the things down at the end of the season and then they wouldn't compost because they were you know they're probably I don't know, four four and a half inches five inches in diameter wow they're monsters big. absolute monsters i love their big heads though when they sort of bow over when they're sort of on their way out but the seeds are there and i leave them there for the birds for the birds yeah yeah they look quite frightening though actually well, can't you they? say that <laughs> one of the guys just down the way here he had a sunflower and it must have been about six foot tall but it had bent over and the head on it must have been 40, 50 centimetres in diameter, and it looked like a man stooped over. So, late on in the evening, if you're here, late on in the evening, it's kind of caught you out. It's sort of it's a strange man stood in it's like the ghost of, of the adverse <laughs> allotment, but it was actually just Nick's sunflower. But, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. But he left that, and yeah, it, actually the head on it was huge, absolutely enormous. It was funny. Lots of happy birds. Oh, definitely, definitely. But yeah, so so sunflowers I haven't done yet, and and beans I haven't done yet. But no. I'm waiting for probably the second week of April for yeah, them to I get think those so. in. Oh, and the other thing I've not sown yet is my carrots. <gasps> project carrots, dude. Project tell us, tell carrots. us. Project, that was teed up nicely, wasn't on? it? Yes. Well, as you've already seen, the boxes are all full. Parsnips are planted, so I know that's not quite project carrot, but similar sort of vein. So all the parsnips are in um, and covered and hopefully should be germinating in the next few days because I do struggle with parsnips germinating. I think I said it the other week, but mm. yeah, they're, they're a finicky little thing. But hopefully they'll come through. And I, and I gave you a brief demonstration on the, uh, the technique of the way I go about planting my carrots, but it's a long-winded and they're the most expensive carrots in the world. <laughs> but by this time next week, Rodney, they will all be planted. Brilliant. It's quite a methodical way you have of, of planting the carrots, though, because you have the sand in your big, in, in deep box. boxes yep. already. Yep. And you showed me that you have a tube, kind uh, of like a bit of piping. It's a bit of pipe. It's just yeah. a bit of so inch and a half, two inch drain pipe. Yep, just put that into the sand, take a core out, and then backfill it with a secret blend of uh, compost and fertilisers, and away you go. And you Obviously. put three seeds That's per that. station. Exactly. Three okay. seeds per station. Cover it with a bit of perspex. Once they're germinated, thin out the weaker looking ones, leave one carrot per station. So in that medium sized box over there, there'll be 35 carrots in there. And then the box over there, there'll be 40. And then the big box, I'm growing long carrots. Longer than my <laughs> normal long carrots, which aren't technically long carrots, but I'm having a go. What variety is that? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's, it's Medwin's own reselected. Medwin Williams, National Veg Society, chairman i think he is or maybe was but 12 times gold medal winner at chelsea does a wonderful range of exhibition seeds and a lot of his own reselected stuff as well okay so uh, yes all, all available online no secrets there lots of growers for show use medwin stuff because it's pretty bomb proof to be fair so he lives on anglesey medwin lives on anglesey which is where i was brought up and um, when i first started using him i had a problem with an order and i phoned the company up and medwin answered the phone i was absolutely like, oh my goodness, it, it's you, wow. And we got chatting, and it turns out I went to school with his daughter. He lives in the same village that I used to live in. Obviously, I didn't know him at the time, and her name was Sean Williams. So, Sean Williams in North Wales, there was a few of them. So, he invited me up to his place. He's not open to the public, but he said next time I was visiting my dad, 
to pop in and say hello, which I did. And he gave me a guided tour and ended up sharing his, his recipe for, for carrots. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. How yeah. lovely. What yeah. a special thing I, I don't to think do. it's a particularly closely guarded secret, but I'm not sharing it with anyone. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. I'm really enjoying this project. It's all right. It but, keeps me entertained. And you cover the carrots straight away. As soon as you've sown them, you it, cover them because absolutely. that carrot fly can oh, get in. It took, I think it took me four years to grow a carrot without carrot fly for, for whatever reason. Obviously, I was doing something wrong. I wasn't covering them. Absolutely. I use the EnviroMesh, the really thin mesh lets the light through lets the water through but doesn't let the carrot fly through but as soon as they're sown they get covered do you also grow any companion plants to put off the carrot fly because i know that that is something that you can do yeah i don't personally but i know that people do i think marigolds are a a really good one because they're really strong smelling but i I don't not a lot grows in sand and the fact they're up which i think is a bit of a fallacy because i have grown them raised in boxes like that before without covering them and they've still got carrot fly so I don't think they just stick to the ground. One of the keys to not getting carrot fly is not messing with the carrots. Once they're in and they're up, leave them. Because the smell, as soon as you brush the leaves of the carrot, that's what attracts the carrot fly. Oh, goodness me. I know, don't. Honestly, I have sleepless nights. <laughs> you're going to <laughs> Because you don't know what you're going to get until you pull them. Until you pull the carrot, you don't know what you're going to get. And these carrots you're planting for competition yes yeah but the 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 variety i grow the shorter ones the stump rooted ones are a variety called sweet candle which are absolutely delicious and one carrot feeds a family of four comfortably brilliant (laughs) Brilliant. lots of carrot soup Uh, (laughs) carrots get given away a lot and especially as i'm growing so many this year i'm growing twice as many as i did last year and the long ones Brilliant. So watch this, watch that space, I not this space, wait. that space. That. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, last month we talked about the wildflower garden that I'm sort of thinking about having as a part mm. of my garden that's on the side. And uh, last year I just let it go. She didn't mow it or anything because it's mainly grass. And, you know, weeds came up and everything came up, but we wanted it to be a sort of a pollinating area, yeah. encourage more pollinators into the garden. And then I kind of left it too late to really sort of take off all the turf and make it into a wildflower meadow because right. I probably should have done that in the autumn. You suggested yellow racket. Yes. So I looked it up and because I've left it too late to seed, you can buy them as plugs. That's right, yeah. So I have ordered some plugs which will come in April, which I'm really looking forward to putting in. I think I've got about 30 plugs. It's not a very big space that I have, so I think 30 plugs will probably be enough. Well, to I'm, not an ex- I'm not an expert on it, but Phil, who we spoke to last week, certainly raves about yellow rattle and and it sort of being that parasitic plant that grows on the the grass and i think it'll give you a good head start that'll be interesting to see how it goes it will be and they're a pretty little flower actually nice bit of sun and there's lots (laughs) of yellow around this year isn't there yeah oh this 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 time time of year i mean the daffodils are fantastic i was talking to my mum the other day and then i said i need a good few hours in the garden deadheading daffodils she's like oh ours have only just come out and she lives up in the northeast okay so it's a lot colder up there hers are only just coming out so uh, long where they last i do love that pop of yellow beautiful isn't it and there's lots of other blossoms starting to come out damson or a plum that's starting to come out there i'm just a bit worried that the end of this week we've got that cold weather coming yeah because we're recording this at the end of march sort of the end of the lovely hot spell that we've had and and looking a bit sort of minus three i think think minus three thursday night isn't it which could be devastating to the early blossom because last year, similar thing happened. I think almost every single night last April, there was a frost. 
And so I didn't get any apples none on our two espalier trees in the back garden. Okay. I got some in the front and none on my crab apple tree, which I love because mm. I use it to make spicy crab apple jelly oh, every year. Nice. Really spicy crab apple jelly. Yeah, well, it's not really hot, hot, but it's got star anise in it and some cinnamon in it. It's really, good. really yummy. If you get some crab apples this year, think of me. I will do. Yeah, I will sounds do. good. <laughs> I might have one of your carrots. Yeah, you can, you, you, you can have more than one. Feed my family yeah, of five. Exactly. Well, you need two for that then because it only feeds a family of four. <laughs> so yes, I'm just hoping that April doesn't doesn't give us too many cold nights. You just don't know, do you? No, you don't. And it's so difficult, isn't it? Because you get lulled in such a false sense of security when you get this warm couple of weeks and then bang. I think I said a while ago, didn't I? A few years ago, I planted out, I was planting out my dahlias and then um, the guy came up to me and he said, Ooh, you know, we get a frost next week. No. And we did. And it was a, it was a really hard frost. But I had to build tents over the dahlias to, <laughs> to protect them. Well, in the past, I've actually covered my espalier apple trees mm. to protect them from the frost. It looked very strange in the back garden. <laughs> what do you use? Just horticultural fleece? Yes, I, I went and actually rushed out to the, to the garden centre and bought a whole load of environmental fleece and wrapped it around the espaliers, pegged it in with <laughs> Did some you? clothes pegs. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, they, are, they aren't out that much. There's a little bit of greenery no, showing, but the blossom's not on it Too early yet. for apple yet, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I'm hoping. Yeah. But I may be doing that again this year, because they're nice apples. There's a Cox, Cox apple there. I love Cox apples. Yeah, don't tell him, but my neighbour's apples, I, I enjoy his apples. I don't <laughs> grow any apples. I've got no fruit trees on my plot, but he has a few. And then, well, he never had any of his cherries, but I did. And his, his apples are very good as well. I'm not sure what variety there are, but he's got a selection over there, which is, which is great. There's nothing quite like it, going up to a tree, just plucking an apple and just biting it straight away. Just, Fantastic. Oh, it's just delicious. I've got, I've got coxes, I've got russets, I've got bramleys, and I also have an early one that's just beautiful, a really sort of snow white uh, okay. apple when you crunch into yeah, it. Yeah. And I love that one because it's you can crunch, start eating it? that in, in oh, August. So good. Delicious. So good. So yeah, so watch out for the frost. And you know, I've been putting my sweet peas out to harden them yep. off but I am still bringing them in at night and I well, will continue to do I that. I was going to plant mine this weekend and then I looked at the weather forecast and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to give it another week and I wait till this cold snap. Minus three is pretty chilly and they're, they're fairly hardy sweet peas. They are, but I'm still going to give it a, another week. Don't be in a rush. I keep telling myself that and I tell other people, don't be in a rush. I don't want to plant stuff. No, slow down. Don't be in a rush. Yeah, you're mm. absolutely right. But if you've got things to move around your greenhouse, then you have to make space. Yeah, and I think the sweet peas, put them in a sheltered spot Thursday night, cover them with some of your spare fleece. But apart from that, I think they'll be fine. Let's hope. Don't hold me to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I planted my broad beans there in the ground. They went straight into the ground. I had in previous years planted them in my greenhouse to get them going and then happened to harden them off. And I have also planted some in the past in the autumn, which you can do and mm. over winter and get yeah. a variety that does That's that. That's right. But I haven't done that. I've just popped them straight in the ground this year. And, and I've... I will do another lot as well because I like to spread the season out. Yes. So I've got one lot in, another lot will, will go in probably in a couple of weeks' time. Well, the trouble is if you don't spread it out, you do end up with a glut of stuff, don't you? I mean, it's like runner beans in the summer. Oh, by week seven of runner beans, you just start to look like a runner bean. And yeah. You just don't want any more runner beans. And you can't give them away. Runner beans, courgettes, everybody grows them. And everybody grows too many. I might only grow three plants of courgettes, but that's still too many. But I can't bring myself to grow any less. Well, it's just in case, just in case one doesn't take, I suppose. Oh, I don't know. Do you grow the round ones? No. The yellow not, ones? No, just green ones. Okay. I did grow um, a variety called Romanesco a few years ago. Romanesco um, courgette, which was slightly ribbed and striped. 
and that was delicious. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was great. But no, I just go bog standard, green, plain as they come. I quite like a courgette. Not, some people, they're a bit marmite, aren't they? Some people hate them. I love them. Yeah, I do as well. I really like them. Yeah, no, good. I like the yellow ones as well. Okay. Because again, that pop of yellow, I just, I just. There you go. Back to yellow to it. again. I just love it, but um, I do, yeah, variety. We have a table by the second gate there at the allotments where people put spare veg or whatever they've got on the table. Midsummer, it's buckling under the weight of people call them marrows, don't they? But they're not technically but bloody great big courgettes. You know, sort of two and a half foot long, weigh about 12 kilos each, you know. <laughs> Someone's gone away for a week and they're just left yeah. the courgettes coming out their ears. There's always one hiding that you don't see. Exactly. <laughs> it just grows. Exactly. There's a really nice recipe, I'll have to tell you all, when we do have a courgette glut, that actually you can make a marmalade, a lime marmalade, lime and courgette marmalade. Oh, right, OK. Yeah, because the courgette doesn't really have a huge flavour in itself, no. so it takes on, takes on the, the lovely flavour of the lime, and you grate it, so you have it that looks like marmalade. Oh, wow. It's lovely. I think it's ginger as well in there, lime and ginger marmalade. Mm. Cakes? Yeah, yes. It's endless, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we it can talk endless. about it later in the year, can't we? Yeah, there's, there's endless stuff you can do with these things, but, yeah, like the runner beans, you get sick of them, though. You do? Yeah. So are you going to grow anything unusual that you can't get in the shops or on the market this year? No. I kind of stick to the same thing now because I've kind of got my rhythm and just grow the change the variety up now and again but generally it's the the same sort of things I grow what I like and I like what I grow so the old adage if you're not broke don't fix yeah. it so no I've not what about yourself I always grow bolotti beans okay because you can't get that many in the shops and I love them apart from the fact they're really beautiful to look at when mm. they're growing you know, the seeds are lovely as well and you can either dry them out which I have done in the past right. and then either replant them again rehydrate them and replant them again for the following oh, really? year or we just dry them out and then cook them or you cook them fresh from the plant like a like a, a broad bean yeah okay. yeah you can make them really nice things with, with borlotti beans okay. and they're quite different from the ones you get in the cans what about the taste delicious but you probably want to put some herbs in them like a rosemary or something okay. like that yeah delicious like that. and kohlrabi i've grown kohlrabi in, in the past oh, see no a bit like goat's cheese <laughs> okay so when i was a child growing up on the farm in north wales we had goats and now i don't like goat's cheese and kohlrabi my, my stepmom used to have we used to have kohlrabi instead of potato oh okay. yeah no no <laughs> no not something that you're going to grow very tasty in its own little right but no thanks no no talking of potatoes actually mm. have yours arrived yes oh good all chitting away excellent yeah harriet was uh, was distraught the other day that she couldn't do her homework on her desk because i'd filled her desk up with with egg trays full of potatoes <laughs> nice. i have moved them now so fear not she can do her homework that's a great excuse to tell your teacher yeah i, I, couldn't, I couldn't do, do my homework because daddy had put his potatoes on my desk <laughs> brilliant <laughs> <laughs> so you plant all yours easter weekend easter weekend yeah coming up then yes yeah, I need to sort this bed out. This, this is going to be the potatoes again. Because, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's perfect spot. You know, it doesn't block your view. So you can grow beans here, you won't be able to see anything out. So yeah. potatoes in here. But I'm growing the show potatoes up here. And then I've got the variety jazzy that I'm going to grow at home. I've got the space at home. So I'm going to grow those in the ground. Heaven forbid, but I'm actually going to grow potatoes in the ground. How do you normally grow them then? I grow them in bags. Do you? Yes. Here on the plot, yes. on the allotment plot? Okay. Yeah, so 17-litre poly bags. You fill with compost and then again a special secret blend of herbs and spices <laughs> expensive way of growing potatoes yeah so 17 litre black poly bags i've had mine i know people sort of frown now at using plastic but i've had my poly bags for six seven years and they're still going strong 
fill them with with compost one or two seed potatoes in each bag and away they go and as they grow you build up, no no you? Or do you not? Oh, not with these no because the, the bag isn't very the bag is only what, 40 45 centimeters high so what i do is i put a third of compost in put the seed potato in and then fill it all the way all the way to the top okay yeah. but no you're, you're absolutely right so i grow some potatoes for a chap up in steep marsh and we've got big bags that are probably three quarters of a meter high with those absolutely put a layer of compost at the bottom two or three seed potatoes cover them when you see the green cover them see the green cover 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 to the right at the top and then when the flowers are gone tip them out loads of lovely potatoes they're ready yeah i grew some potatoes in the autumn this year are you saying about that bag yes. yeah that um they didn't really do much i don't think i'll be doing that again well potatoes aren't meant to grow in the autumn no they were they were supposed to be i think small ones for christmas mm. and you know it's that time of year when i still want to grow stuff and yeah. you have to stop you just but have to stop and you so wouldn't recommend i learned it. my lesson no 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 definitely not recommend no it. I, i've always wondered about it no don't do it okay even in a bag even i in thought a in a bag in a sheltered spot it would be yeah. all right but no I mean, they grew, but they're tiny, tiny, tiny. Right, so, okay. So, no, not worth, not worth it. the effort. I've tipped, tipped it out and used it as compost on my, on my plot It's interesting, there. isn't it? Because I think you, you look at what you grow and how you grow it. Because I gave up growing brassicas a few years ago because they take up so much space, so much time. And actually, for a pound down at Tesco, which I know isn't the ethos of growing your own and what have you, but actually, for a cauliflower, once every three or four weeks with your Sunday lunch, it's great. But when you grow them yourself, you have 10, 12, 15 cauliflowers in one week. And it's that glut thing again. And I think they just take up so much space. But once you've covered something, it's almost a psychological barrier as well as a physical barrier to get in there and weed it. So you have to uncover it. So my brassica bed used to be riddled with weeds and stuff. And then if you uncover it, all the pigeons come and eat them. So I gave up a few years ago. I think you're right. I find them really hard to grow. Mm. And I have sown... I've sown some broccoli seeds and I've sown some Brussels sprout seeds just because I had some left. Yeah. And I sort of, as I was sowing them, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I really want to be doing this, but it felt like a waste and I wanted to see. And actually I really love seeing Brussels sprout plants grow. I they're love an interesting, They're them. an interesting plant, aren't they? Yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. They are. And I think I grew some sort of red variety one year. These aren't, these are traditional green Brussels sprouts. I didn't have much success with them last year. For that reason yeah. as well, I don't think I covered them properly and then everything grew up around them and up the weeds up and in the nets and everything. Yeah. And just, it was a mess. And the other thing with collie and um, broccoli, probably different at home where you can look at it every day, but if you're not coming up to the plot every day, and obviously they grow, you know, I know they grow all year, but majority of the time it's autumn, winter time, aren't they? Your, your brassicas are growing. If you don't check them all the time, you can go up one day and they're, oh, that, that cauliflower's almost ready. Three days later, it's gone to seed. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, seriously? I had that problem with the yeah. broccoli. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one year, we had so many caterpillars on the broccoli. I don't think I was really monitoring. Well, I definitely wasn't monitoring it. My husband just cut a broccoli head off to make some pasta, fed it to the girls for their dinner. And then I noticed on the chopping board... <laughs> There were quite a lot of baby caterpillars. They had a bit of extra protein. That you day. know what's worse than finding a, a whole caterpillar, don't you? I don't know. Finding a half, half a caterpillar. Yeah. <laughs> no, so yeah, I am wary of, of brassicas. No. I'll give them a go this year, but I, I don't know. Anybody that wants to grow them, yeah. feel free. Don't let us put you off. <laughs> it's the anti-brassica crew. <laughs> if anyone's had any success with growing brassicas, please let us know. Please, we desperately need some help. <laughs> 
So yes, lots to grow up. Actually, I was going to say, I, I bumped into a lady on Lavent Street a couple of weeks ago who told me she listens to Growing Together. We have a listener. We have a listener. Fantastic. Hi, Sylvia. Lovely to talk to you. And Sylvia was saying that it was her husband who did a lot of the growing, but unfortunately he's no longer with us. And so she has now been growing in pots because she finds that easier. Okay. So, and I do a lot of growing in pots, actually, not just flowers, but I also grow salad yeah. pots and radishes there is so much stuff you can grow in pots isn't there and it, 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 you know not not everyone's fortunate enough to have either an allotment or a garden but if you've got any little outdoor space you write a, a pot and grow potatoes in it you can go down to the garden center and you can probably pick up three or four potato tubers you don't have to buy a two kilo bag you can just pick up a couple you know so it's it's pence to grow your own potatoes I don't know whether we have any people that listen to the podcast that don't garden, but I'd definitely give it a go. If you, if you haven't given it a go, give it a go. Even a bag, you know, like a compost bag. Use it, tip it out, roll the sides down, use that to grow potatoes. Good tip. I mean, I went a bit crazy the first lockdown with lettuce, growing loads and loads of lettuce in right, okay. pots. Because, again, I had the seed I needed to use up. Yes. And uh, it was brilliant. And different, loads of different varieties and a lot of the cut-and-come-again lettuce, okay. which I love. Yes because you literally just do that. You go out, grab what you need for a salad, use that, and then give it a bit of a water and it will grow up again. And it's just a fabulous way of growing. I agree with you. And I think with the allotment, it's a little bit different again, because you've got to sort of plan coming up here. If you're going to have lettuce, some salad for your tea, to come up here, because it doesn't keep. And this terrifies you, doesn't it? What the heck do they put in that stuff that you buy at the supermarket to make it keep like that? You know, when you cut a lettuce from your garden or the allotment, you know, it's gone all limp within like six hours, isn't it? So you've got to plan ahead. And I think, you know, we're, we're, the kids and I are lucky enough to have the lovely garden we've got at the moment. So we're definitely going to grow more stuff like that at home where we've got the space and we'll be able to do that, which would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've actually just sown, although it's in my greenhouse, I have these sort of quite long troughs, I suppose, mm-hmm. that I've put some lettuce seed in and some spinach seed in. Okay. And now the same with pop- perpetual stuff. Yeah, the yeah, perpetual yeah. spinach. Yeah, Fantastic. which I love. I love spinach. And so it's that's, lovely, that's it? great, it's and nice. it comes up so quickly. Yeah. Great way to, to grow things. I, think I, like, I like spinach in, in a salad as well. Yeah, I do. Not, yeah. not necessarily cooked. And herbs as well. I grow lots of herbs in pots, particularly mint, which has a habit of just growing crazy if you put it in the ground. Well, Phil, who we spoke to the other day, mm. has got quite a collection of mint, and we threatened all through the summer last summer of having a mojito party Ooh. with all these different mints. Lovely. We didn't quite get round to doing it. So watch this space for an invite coming for a mojito party at the allotment. Oh, I'd love that. You'd have to walk. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Well, actually, we've got some strawberry mint that we bought a couple of years ago that we use in mojitos. Oh, okay. delicious. Is it good, is it? Really lovely. Does it really taste of strawberries? Um, If you... No, but there's a nice sort of freshness to it. It's not okay. that very strong mint flavour. There's a nice yes. freshness to it. And, and even just sort of if you rub the leaves together, and they're just starting to come up now, mm. you get a hint of strawberry with it. Well, um, I don't need to hear me. I'm just going to wander over here a second. We've got this mint here. Phil's black mint. Wow. Which has just started coming up. I'll just pinch off a little bit there for you. Have a go at that. It is. It's very dark. Oh. <gasps> Rub, rub that in your hand. I it's, can smell it even just in my palm. This is brilliant for radio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Taste delicious. That. It's, it's bonkersly strong. Oh. It's absolutely glorious. Mmm. Yummy. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. How many different varieties has he got? Oh, wow. at least half a dozen. 
Fantastic. And he grows lemon balm and, and all that kind of stuff. He, he's into his herbal teas and stuff like that. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I can really it's taste really good, that isn't it? now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've like, chewed it a bit. It's yeah. really come out. Yeah, great radio. But, but yeah. get some black mint if you're a big fan of mint. I definitely, that's lovely. Recommend that. Mm. Well, Steve, it's been lovely catching up with you. You too. Finding out what's new on the allotment and, and other people's allotments. Absolutely. Mainly Phil's. Yeah. <laughs> and Nick's crazy old man sunflower. But yeah. it's, oh, it's such a lovely time of year. The birds have not stopped singing. They haven't, have they? And there's been a bumblebee that's buzzed by. No, it's lovely. I love this time of year. Lots of promise. There is. No, and you may be lucky. You may get us a bit more frequently than once a month. If we have the opportunity halfway through the month, we might do a little catch up about what we've been doing on the allotment. Sounds and like what good you, idea. Some suggestions to, to keep you going. If you have any questions for us, we'd love to hear from you. We really, really would. So you can get in touch with us by calling Petersfield 555 500. That's 01730 555 500. Or you can email us at team at shineradio.uk. Happy planting. Thank you, and you. Growing together. New every month and always online at shineradio.uk. Queen of the Borders. I wanted to get a head start because I don't think I did the previous year. King of the allotments. So I've always been keen on gardening, forever. Petersfield Gardening Royalty. Growing together on Shine Radio. Give it a go this year, you never know, and we're here on hand if you have any questions. Growing together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos. New every month and always online at shineradio.uk.